When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a little bit of recruiting news on the football side, and then we'll get into some basketball recap. It's been uh, two Wisconsin basketball games for the men's team since we've last spoke, so we'll talk about that. After that, we'll, of course, get into Wisconsin's uh, rolling of Northwestern at 35-7, a nice uh, performance very much in line with what we've seen over the, with the Badgers over the last few weeks. It should be a fun and full episode as we get into this time of the year. We've got uh, plenty of basketball to talk about, plenty of football to talk about, and we will get to both of those on today's show. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's an early morning after that late basketball game. Uh, I usually get out of the cold center about 11 on 8 o'clock games, so um, doing good, but uh, ready to talk a little Badgers, especially that Northwestern game, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, need need the coffee early this morning with uh with both of those games. I know it was a late night Friday night too, and then a quick uh 11 a.m. kickoff for that cold Northwestern game. So um, a little bit of early mornings for for the the Badger faithful, but um, sticking through it and and thankfully you know watching some wins on the football side and a, a tough loss last night for the basketball team. But um, really, I think a lot of positives can be taken. Um, from that game. But before we get into all that, let's talk a little bit of news. We've got some uh, news on the recruiting front for Wisconsin football. The Badgers picked up a new commit in Tristan Monday, formerly committed to Arizona, three-star um, outside linebacker, defensive end. Probably probably depends where he might project. Uh, I know in his high school tape, more of a stand-up guy, but certainly with his size, could drop down to maybe a defensive end. But either way, a, a pass rusher that uh, seems like a guy that could really fit well in the Jim Leonard defense and what he's looking to do. And, of course, to pick up a commitment from a kid that plays at a, a really good school in the state of Arizona is always good. So what did you make of uh, his flip and, and commitment to Wisconsin? I think it's a big deal. I mean, this is a kid that they've been talking to for a long time. It's just a matter of um, did they have room for him? I, I think you're looking at the Badgers taking a – Let's bring in the best talent we can approach, like they're just doing best available at this point. He, he's got good bursts, uh, good size, you know, 6'4", 240. He gives you some versatility up front. I would guess he ends up at a defensive end just because you look at, um, where he is physically and, and kind of compare that with what they've been doing recently with some of their outside linebackers. And I think that he's probably a, a better match in there. I think like, a Think like a, a Matt Henningsen type, where you you come in, you add some add some weight, and then a year or two down the road, he's a contributor and helps you out in a lot of ways. But 
statistically, I mean, he, he plays, like you mentioned, at one of the best high schools in Arizona, and, and he's putting up some, some ridiculous numbers. Um, just this senior year in 10 games, he, he went ahead and has over 60 tackles, 30 for loss, and nine and a half sacks. I mean, you're looking at a sack a game nearly. So a uh, really talented kid, and I think that um, it could be the start of a little run here for the Badgers as as the early signing day is about a month away. It's crazy that early signing day now being a little bit earlier than um, what it usually is. All of a sudden, you've got uh, some big um, time recruiting decisions likely coming down the pipeline right as uh, the season's kind of um, you know, wrapping up with the regular season, you've got the Big Ten Championship, and then all of a sudden you, you've got um, a really important few days of recruiting, and this is a nice start for Wisconsin as things likely start to ramp up a little bit more as you move forward. I think that'll be a, a really fun storyline to watch is because we really haven't talked. There's been, you know, what we'll talk about here in a minute, there's been some other recruiting news, but this is the first kind of big impactful piece that Wisconsin land and uh, lands and, and a really important and big player. Um, interest in Monday. So I'm excited to see what his career arc might be with the Badgers and, and how that plays out. In terms of recruiting, um, like I just mentioned, there's some other news. Do you want to let the people know um, what's kind of going on with some offers out there? Yeah, so um, Aiden Vaughn, uh kid who was committed to Air Force, who's just kind of had his recruitment blow up here recently, mm-hmm. a couple crystal balls in for the Badgers, one of which um, coming from Alan True of 247, who is about as clued in in Michigan recruiting as you can get. Um, he, he doesn't live too far from from where Aiden Vaughn goes to school. And um, and so I think that's a really good sign for the Badgers. He's a linebacker who, once again, some versatility, play inside or outside at 6'4", 220. So you're looking at bigger athletes that can do multiple things, which fits really nicely in Jim Leonard's defense. We'll see if the Badgers can close that out here sooner rather than later. And then uh, a new offer, uh, according to Alan True, that actually went out to his his teammate um, at Wald Lake and, and Colin Entringer, uh, a kid who also picked up an Iowa offer the very same day and has also kind of seen his recruitment kind of shoot up. These are late bloomer kids who um, a lot of teams are starting to to get active with. A lot of players just didn't have film from the previous year, so teams were looking for, okay, let's see what you put together as a senior. They obviously have flashed, put together some really good numbers, and, and teams are, are jumping in, Wisconsin as well. So we'll see if Wisconsin can make them, them a package deal. I think Wisconsin's got to feel good about where they're at with Vaughn. And, but um, if they could bring in Entringer, who I think is probably wide receiver or safety, probably leans towards safety, I would think, because they've already got a couple wide receivers in this class. Uh, he, he would be another, um, you know, good athlete to, to bring in who, who hasn't necessarily played a ton of football over the course of his career. Yeah, it's always interesting when they go after these kids that are, you know, at the, at the same school that way. Um, you know, of course, Aiden Vaughn, you're just coming off the visit to Wisconsin. It sounds like uh, from from at least the 247 perspective, the Beck crystal ball. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned it, that Alan True, you know, very wired into what Michigan does, of course, formerly on uh came on our podcast to talk some recruiting so he definitely knows his stuff and if he's in that area and taking a kid like that it's usually a pretty good sign so things are looking uh, certainly up for the Badgers in that recruiting aspect of the football and of course on the field things are going good and and those two can kind of sometimes go hand in hand where when the team's having success all of a sudden you get some more eyeballs on you get to a more uh, attractive product you you thankfully aren't uh you know, someone like the Texas Longhorns who's losing to Kansas and has got recruits 
um, at the game laughing at them in the stands if you saw that video. So uh, things are looking really good for Wisconsin football in that aspect um, and, and should be exciting over these next couple of weeks with recruiting, like we said, and, yeah, really starting to, to heat back up here um, before that early signing period. Absolutely. Should we talk some basketball? And yeah, let's I know go that's, uh, we've got plenty of that to talk about. <laughs> yeah, let's hop into some hoops. Of course, um, the Badgers coming off a tough loss to Providence um, on Monday night. Uh, we didn't talk about the Green Bay game. I guess uh, that game was really a, a game that the Badgers had in hand, played pretty well. Um, uh, unfortunately for them in this Providence game, um, Jonathan Davis unavailable, Jacoby Neath unavailable, so a little shorthanded. Um, but I think this team gave a, a really good fight despite that. I mean, they were going up against the Providence team that maybe not the most talented team in their conference, but very experienced, got guys that have played a lot of basketball. Wisconsin, not that, but hung tough. So what did you uh, take from last night's game? And then uh, we can kind of talk about Green Bay as well, if anything really stood out in that one um, to you. Yeah, I mean, looking at both games, I think Wisconsin – showed that they can play really good defense in both of them, holding Green Bay to, to 34 points. And then you look at last night, Providence 63 points. Um, they they just had some stretches where they just couldn't buy a basket against Providence, and, and that's going to come with a young team, a team that wasn't expected to be a, a tremendous shooting team early in the year. Um, you look at it, and, and really the only two that could buy a bucket were Brad Davison and Tower Wall. They led the – Led the way, they had they had uh, combined for 41 of the Badgers' 58 points, which makes for a really tough recipe to win. Um, just based off of the fact that you you need some help elsewhere. I mean, you're the the two guys who are probably expected to help you out most here. Um, you know, Ben Carlson, who who earned the start with Johnny Davis out, and Stephen Crowell. Um, they combined to go two for 17, um, and, and so like. You need some help elsewhere beyond Wall and Davison, but I'm I, I look at this and there's a lot of negativity to flow from a game like this because you want to win, you want to do that, but you're missing your top player. You had Stephen Crowell and um, Chris Vogt, your two seven footer, get in foul trouble early, miss over seven minutes of the first half. Um, the last seven minutes, a lot of Providence to get out there and and you know pull ahead. But this team never gave up. So I look at it as there's some neg- a lot of negativity on the offense to, to pull from this game. But when you're missing your, your most creative player on offense, your, your most talented player on offense, and, and you hang tough and nearly beat a team who's going to be a, possibly a tournament team here, I think there are some positives to glean from it. So it's not all doom and gloom at this point. The fact that this team really fought and displayed some grit, I think, stood out most to me among anything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you come into the game, you know, like you mentioned, they they come in down their best player, down a rotation player, or the the, the bigs get into foul trouble early. It could have easily been a game where Wisconsin, you know, threw in the towel, got blown out of the gym, just said, hey, you know, we don't got, we don't have our main guy. Things aren't going the way we want it to. You know, let's just kind of call it a night. But they didn't. They battled up until even you know even the last four minutes. You know, there was a little bit of a lead, and Wisconsin kept cutting into it. Um, weren't able to, to finish the job, but I think that shows a, a lot of, of fight in this team that, you know, hey, there, there's going to be times, there's going to be growing pains. We've said that time and time again on the show, but at the same time, I think this team is going to battle. They're going to fight, and that's going to be um, something that will be fun to watch throughout the course of this year because, you know, I, when I saw um, you know, Jonathan Davis out, 
it, it certainly, you know, as, as from a fan's perspective, you felt like it was going to be a situation where, yikes, this game could maybe get away from them. Um, but it didn't. They did a really good job of holding tough despite some, um, some tough circumstances. So Brad Davison was a guy, of course, like you mentioned, he, he was kind of the entire offense playing through him. You know, the, at, at the end, um, they were certainly trying to find the ball in his hands, which rightfully so. Um, you know, overall, I think he, he had a good night, but also some tough nights, um, with, with the shooting. Um, which all the team did. I think they really struggled against that uh, that zone defense for Providence. But these are things that uh, I think will clean up a little bit. You know, Wisconsin's always been a team that has some tough stretches, but um, I, I think at the end of the day, them just kind of hanging tough and, and trying to stay in the game as best they could and, and hanging around with a possible tournament team is, is something that where you look at this game, certainly, yeah, you can take some negatives, but I think the positives are, are very much there. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember that Outside of Wall and Davison, the rest of this team, I mean, you can say vote, but he played in a different mm-hmm. team. None of these guys have been really just punched in the mouth while they're actually playing significant minutes. And they were in this mm-hmm. game um, right away, and they responded. You look at it, they outscored Providence in the second half by six points. They played much better. Um and even a guy like Crowell, who really struggled in the first half, both struggled in the first half with, with Nate Watson, who's an all Big East player for a reason. Like he is a good, talented player who, who's probably going to have a chance to, to, to play some minutes, uh, in the NBA. But you look at it as they really struggled in the first half. They made adjustments. They settled down a little bit and, and really they held Watson to only eight points in the second half and he was not nearly the factor that we saw. So I think that speaks volumes of, of not only the coaching staff, but also a kid like Crowell who, who definitely had deer and headlights look. It still affected him on the offensive end because you could see he was hesitant mm-hmm. because he was going up against a, a guy who could look him in the eye for the first time this year. Um, and, and wasn't going to back down. And that was something new for Crowell. There's going to be growing pains for this entire crew. Um, Chucky Hepburn went through some growing pains. Um, as well. So this is a team that fans going into it, we've been saying you need to be patient. This is going to be a team that is going to struggle at times. We saw that, especially without Jonathan Davis. I think you put Johnny Davis on this team and out for that game and he, the Badgers probably win that game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, you look at it and I think you, there's definitely reason to be concerned because 19% from three point land is not great, but I just think that there are players that can help you out that they just don't have. And you instead had a, a player, um, you know, guys getting out on the court like like um, Carter Gilmore played 26 minutes. That's not his role on this team. That's not the role you want for him on this team. Um, he, he looked overmatched at times on the offensive end, um, did some good things rebounding, but – but him and Carlson both have to kind of grow into their role on this team, and they're both kind of trying to figure that out, and they're struggling at this point. So it's it, it is what it is. This is a game that it's not going to kill you early on. Um, but we're really, I think you, Brad Davison and Tower Wall and Post came both referenced how, yep, this this isn't going to kill you when you lose a game like this early. But if you allow it to fester and, and roll into their next games when they're heading out to Vegas or if they they can't kind of respond to this, then you have trouble. But but really, he said, you look at the way they played the second half and they played a lot better basketball, which is, is a sign of a team that's young, 
but can respond. And I think that that's really important for the, for this team because it's a long season and they're only going to get better, I believe, because of the youth that they have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're in game three. You, you've got two victories and you've got a, you know, a, a loss on there, but it was a game that you played tough and, you know, that, that's certainly not as good as winning, but this team, if you expected Wisconsin basketball to come out and win every game, it's going to be a long year for you. So I think you have to look at it you know, beyond the scoreboard and see other positives that you can take from this game. And I think there certainly was. There's certainly some negatives, but you hope that these can get cleaned up now with some time off for this team. You know, you mentioned it. This team likely wins that game or it comes down to one possession if Jonathan Davis is in there. So hopefully, you know, as this team gets healthier and goes throughout this week, you got now off until next Monday when that uh, tip time in, in Las Vegas starts up. So you, you've got plenty of time to get healthy, get some things right. And I think the test of this team will be how they come out in that, uh, that first game of the Maui Invitational of Las Vegas, which is, you know, does that they could do they come out, play well in that one and, and, and not let this one fester over the course of the week? Or do they come out a little slow and cold and, and trying to figure things out? So overall, a tough, you know, you want to win the game, but some positive things, and then we'll see how the team responds moving forward. For sure. All right, guys. Well, before we get into some football, why don't we go ahead and get uh, our ad reads out of the way? So we'll get those going, and then we'll be back with you shortly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's talk some football. Wisconsin comes out and once again uh, absolutely dominates the opponent in Northwestern, 35-7 to victory. <laughs> it seems like we kind of have the same conversation each week um, with this team. Really defensive-wise, playing really well, um, you know, forcing turnovers, nothing new. Offensive-wise, running the ball well, throwing the ball, which, uh, you know, a lot better um, over the course of this win streak. So a lot that we can talk about. So um, which side of the football do you want to get started on? Because I think there's positives and, and big things you can take from both um, the defense and the offense. You know, we, we've been talking about the defense and starting with them quite a bit. Let's let's jump to the offense to start because I was really impressed by some of the areas of the offense in this game, and, and I think it it, it uh, deserves recognition in my, in my eyes. Absolutely, yeah. I, offensively, it was really a, a good performance on you know both aspects of uh, the offense. Of course, Braylon Allen running the ball is is getting a lot of the attention, and rightfully so. He's been incredible, and once again, kind of a you know a, a big day for him, but a quiet day where all of a sudden you you look up at the stat line and he's just racking up numbers. But I think for me, the big takeaway in this game was another really strong performance um, from Graham Mertz. You know, he's he's progressed each week. We've talked about it, you know, from going to that Purdue game with eight pass attempts um, to finishing 18 for over 23 for 216 yards and two touchdowns. He, he did throw that interception, um, you know, trying to do a little bit too much. But I think you can live with an interception like that with a young quarterback. So for him to, over these last couple games, you know, really playing well, um, hitting most of his passes, taking care of the football. I mean, there's been a couple of interceptions, but I think those are just plays that he's trying to make versus just really bad mistakes. 
Um, so overall, I think the passing game, you know, is, is something that is now developing into something that Wisconsin can, I won't say rely on just yet, but you feel better about it each game. And anytime you can still, you know, and part of that is, of course, Braylon Allen being able to turn it and hand it off to him and, and set up some of that and make people respect the run game. But overall, this offense is, is really clicking and, and, you know, a lot of credit is, deserves to be put to the youngster in, in Mertz, you know, still a sophomore and, and 17 year old Braylon Allen because, um, those two, you know, the, their performances, uh, really stood out from Saturday. Yeah. You look at an offensively really balanced approach when, when you put together 229 through the air. 268 on the ground. That's, that's a really good recipe for success. And Graham Mertz, this, these past two games, this is the Graham Mertz that I think we both expected, mm-hmm. fans expected coming into the year. Now, I didn't necessarily, um, expect that every game, game in and game out, he's going to throw 78% like he did here, but, but this is the type of performance that if you're getting, there's not much better that you're going to get in Wisconsin's offense. This is about as good of an offensive performance as you can ask for. Um, you know, you're taking away that interception, but that interception came late in the second quarter when you're trying to get points, mm. um, and, and just trying to make, take a shot to get something. Um, and, um, that'll, that'll come, but really I thought he looked way more poised. He, he held his composure, um, took advantage of, of play action, but, but also was really efficient out of the shotgun as well. So, I, I think you look at this and Wisconsin's offense just in general, in total, is playing so much better. I still personally believe the number one reason is Braylon Allen. Um, he, you look at it, you look statistically at what, how many um, broken tackles he has and the number of yards he has after contact, and it is silly. Um, it, it, I think it, last time I saw it, it was like three, three-fifths or four-fifths of his yards have come after contact, which speaks to the offensive line is doing better, but not necessarily, you know, perfect because he is making some lemonade here. But, but really, um, I, I think Wisconsin is in a really good spot offensively and Graham Mertz is playing confidently. You've got a 17 year old running back who's playing confidently and, and everything seems to be clicking here. Um, obviously it's tough with Ches Malusi down. I, I think that's, that really hurts the depth at the running back position like we saw, but, but you saw Julius Davis and Brady Shipper run really well outside of Davis's fumble. I think they both deserved a few more carries as well if, if needed. But but really, I mean, you look at this and, and Mertz is a different player than he was at the beginning of the season, which which is a good thing that that shows that he is willing to progress. He put in the time to to improve. Um, the offensive line is in a better spot. I, I, overall, this is about as good as it can be uh, against the Big Ten team that you struggled with in the past. And and that early on looked like they were going to um, slowly grind the game to an under. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, now that we've talked about Graham Merch, the, the, the Braylon Allen raving can certainly start because at the end of the day, you know, the offense has taken a jump. But that's that's the main reason that this offense is playing better because it affects – um, all other aspects of this game or of this of this unit. I mean, he he was clearly you know still a little bit hobbled, playing through some pain, and and racked up 173 yards and three scores. You know, there were Wisconsin had the game in hand, and then he goes and pops off another you know long run for a touchdown. Um, so he's just been incredible. It's it's weird to think back to you know fall practice and, and spring ball. You know, you didn't even know where this kid was going to be in terms of position. You thought, you know, he was going to be running back. Maybe you'd see a little bit of him, but it's, it's kind of crazy that he wasn't a guy that was in there 
from the jump because uh, I think he's he, he's clearly proven that he is, is something special um, and and really built different for you know his age and and really um, coming on strong. I, I would love to see. You know, I was thinking about it the other day to go back and, and play that Penn State game um, again with Braylon Allen and uh, and Leo Chanel in there. They probably win that game by a couple scores um, with with him in there. So he's been a huge difference maker. It's fun to watch and and every week you just kind of sit there and are kind of left um, in awe of the performances that he puts together. And, and we've seen so many good running backs come through Wisconsin, and he seems like he's next up in line um, to be that next great that's going to just wow you each week the way the way Jonathan Taylor did uh, over the course of his career where he just came out and said, okay, you know, 100 yards at, at minimum is probably um, you know out there for him, and, and we'll see what else he can do because he's just kind of – um, got that ability to break tackles, break some plays, and and really just make it fun to watch week in and week out. Yeah, I mean, he's a gravitational player. Like, mm-hmm. you look at it in play action, there's a reason Wisconsin has had so much success on dig routes and slant routes off of play action. It's because the linebackers suck up, you have a void there that's wide open, and they're hitting it. Um, and so you look at this, and um, teams have to account for, for number zero, and that's really making a big difference. But Kudos to Graham Mertz for turning around his season and making the plays necessary and the steps necessary because he looks like a completely different quarterback. The offensive line looks like a completely different group. Um, Tower Beach is still uh, at times going to be who Tower Beach is at left tackle. But you look at it, and I thought Joe Tipman, Logan Bruss, Jack Nelson, they looked that right side of the line looked really good. Wisconsin popped off quite a few of their big runs on that side. Um, so, you're seeing some of those young guys. I mean, Tipman and Nelson are one's a sophomore, one's a freshman, and neither one of them have played significant minutes until now, and they're really developing in front of our eyes. Um, and those seniors are, are playing much better as well, playing healthy. So I, I think really this this unit, the offensive line, Joe Rudolph deserves some credit. I know we were incredibly harsh on him early in the year, um, and rightfully so, considering um, the fact that they were doing the rotation. It, it's no con- coincidence that Wisconsin has played much better uh, as a complete group the past six games when they, one, stopped doing the offensive line rotation, and and two, inserted Braylon Allen, <laughs> right? Like, those things, those two things coincide really nicely. And um, we've seen Graham Mertz slowly over that six-game span get better and better, and these past two weeks really he has shined. And um, I, I just can't say enough good things about what um, – that group is doing both Mertz and Allen in the backfield just have given them something different these past two weeks that they, they haven't had all year long. And, and that's nothing against Chesma Lucy at all, but Braylon Allen is the better back. Uh, he has been for a while. Um, even against Michigan in the, when he was on the field, the two drives they went down and scored, he was on the field. It, it wasn't Malusi. It was Allen. And, um, I, I think Malusi, when he hopefully can come back from that injury and help them out next year, um, I think they'll have another one-two punch that will help this team out. But I, I think for me the, the big question is is how much can Julius Davis um, kind of evolve as well? Because uh, I think they're going to need carries from a third running back that isn't Brady Shipper or Braylon Allen. And, and I think Davis showed the most. That fumble was 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 tough. I, I, I got a feel for the kid because – he has, you know, persevered through so many different things, and then boom, you get some meaningful carries, and then you fumble. But, but I think they've got to put him back out there, and you got to see what he can do um, going into next week as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that was the other thing you talked about offensively. Um, you know, he, he's the storyline. I mean, all of this past week, we thought, okay, you know, Braylon Allen, a little banged up. Maybe he's not going to get as many touches. Maybe you rely on, you know, somebody else in, in Julius Davis seemed like the, the likely candidate. And then it was Brady Shipper, which no knock on Brady Shipper. He's played really well and earned opportunities, um, as well. Um, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how, that running back room behind Braylon Allen can't kind of transpires for the rest of the season because, you know, Allen, um, you know, a little bit banged up doesn't seem to matter, but you know, still carrying the ball 25 times. So that's a heavy load, um, on his shoulders, which he's going to continue to get because he's, he's certainly earned it and, and the Wisconsin needs it. Um, but who else kind of steps up around him, um, and, and takes some of those carries is going to be interesting to watch because Brady Shipper, you kind of carved out a, a niche role. Um, like Paul Chris said, he, he's good at running the ball. He's good in pass protection, similar to like a Garrett, you know, Garrett Groshek. We thought maybe he could step into that same role and he's kind of done that. And then you're going to need another guy kind of in there to wrinkle with him. And so I'm interested to see how Julius Davis kind of, um, works back into there. Or does a guy like Jackson Acker, um, who, who's played a little bit, um, already in his career now, um, does he get uh, worked into the fold? And it'll probably depend on this week if, if this Nebraska game is tight. Uh, I'm interested to see. Um, how Wisconsin responds, and if it's a blowout, I'm interested to see you know who else is in there getting some carries because I think it could go either way uh, with this game. So that's uh, certainly exciting to watch and something to look for on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, late in that game, it was interesting to see that you had the, the back-to-back fumble by Davis and Acker, and Paul Crisp was clearly pissed because he mm-hmm. put his starting lock line um, and uh, wide receivers and quarterback back out there that enough of this crap um but but I do think that you need to put Davis back out there because I think he showed you the most um of of the two between him and and Acker um I I think you also look at it as Acker so far now he's played in two games you've got two more games this year I don't think they they want to burn that red shirt right if Mm -hmm. you've got another true freshman who's playing in in Braylon Allen it'd be nice to be able to, to shirt Jackson Acker and use that those four games so I think that's going to be something to watch here is if Wisconsin has another injury go down, like Sabre Shipper goes down and they have to kind of force their hand, um, then maybe Jackson Acker will play in more than four games. But I think I would imagine that they're going to try to get away with redshirting him this year um, because he can play both running back and fullback and help this team out. But um, in the passing game, some good stuff. And offensively, this is this team's just playing at a different level than we saw for most of the year. And, and that's exciting competition. Be damned. They're playing better. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's all you can take. You know, you got to play the people on your schedule. And right now, Wisconsin is yeah, kind of turning into world beaters, just beating up on uh, the teams that they're facing, but it's been a lot of fun and hopefully they can continue that trend. I mean, the same recipe that there's been there the last couple of weeks, uh, hopefully takes hold um, in this Nebraska contest. All right, we've talked a lot offensively. Let's talk uh, about this defense now. Uh, a similar story, a dominating effort, but I think uh, a few different things happened defensively. You know, early in that game, Northwestern came out and, and was driving. You know, it, it took uh, a lot of time off the clock. It looked like a traditional Wisconsin-Northwestern game where Northwestern was going to grind out some clock, put a score on the board, and all of a sudden, you're in a game. And then, of course, similar to the, the Rutgers game where Caesar Williams with an interception kind of broke it open. He picks that, uh, you know, picks that off in the end zone and, and really kind of changes the game, you know, from the jump. I mean, it was early in that, or I guess mid first quarter with how long that drive took for Wisconsin or for Northwestern. But I think that 
interception really changed the momentum. And then from there, Wisconsin defensively just continued its dominating effort and, and really um, continued to get after the quarterback and continued to force turnovers and, and really just played the way we've seen the last few weeks. But what did you take um, from the defensive performance uh, on Saturday? Yeah, that was a hell of a play by, mm-hmm. by Williams. I thought he made a really nice play on the ball. Um, questionable decision to run out, but, but at the same time, you, you take the ball. And then the beauty of it is Wisconsin's offense kind of bringing it back to them. And they gave Jim Leonard's crew time to adjust when they, you saw that seven minute drive where, where Wisconsin had a hard time getting off the field. Northwestern went kind of slowly and methodically made their way down. Then, Wisconsin's offense gave them some time by by sucking the air out of the ball and running it themselves. And Jim Leonard, from that point on, was able to adjust, and they were just absolutely dominant the rest of the way, outside of that fluky fumble that ended up with them taking it down a bunch and then missing a field goal. So you look at it, once again, those inside linebackers, there's there's nothing more we can say. Like, they're Mm -hmm. just so damn good. Like, Leo Chanel is an absolute tank. Um, Jack Sanborn is an animal as well. They combined for six tackles for loss. Um, Chanel also had a sack in the quarterback hurry. Like they're just playing out of their gourds at this point. Um, but really I was impressed with the secondary. You look at it, four interceptions on the day from, from this group. Jordan Turner, young kid getting in there late, once again showing really good ball skills on a tipped ball to get an interception his second in two games. Dean Ingram, first interception of the year, um, in plus territory had a, you know, a really opportune interception that helped them out after Paul Chris punted inside the 35. Um, but um, you look at this and I think Wisconsin is do, making and taking advantage of opportunities that they missed out on early in the year. We talked about all the missed interceptions um, that just like it hit, it hit a, a guy like Scott Nelson in the numbers and he dropped it earlier in the year. They're making all those interceptions now. Like they're, they're taking advantage of those chances. And I, and I think, you know, you get yelled at by a guy like Jim Leonard for not taking chances or not taking advantage of interceptions. A guy who leads the the um, the program in interceptions and, and it speaks volumes. So Wisconsin's just this defense is so dang good. There's not much we can say just because they continue to do it week in and week out and just dominate. Yeah, they've been really just impressive. It's it's kind of, you don't you want the the same kind of talking points throughout you know, every week because it means that this team is is dominating. But it's hard to really um, have anything new to say with this group because they just they're they're playing so consistent. You you've, you've had performances from from every guy that you know, they, they come out they do their job each week. You know, inside Chanel, Sanborn, tackle after tackle, making impacts. The secondary is making plays. Um, you know, you know, huge plays. You know that the Caesar Williams pick was ginormous. Um, you know the safeties are playing well. The defensive line, again, an underrated part that's that's doing their job. So it's it's kind of it's it's hard to talk about this defense because they're just so good. And every week they do the same thing and they dominate, and, and that's what makes it fun. But you're sitting here going, man, what else can we really hit on? Because this group has just been so dominant and and really responds. I was glad to see you know that early. That early drive by Northwestern, I was glad to see that they got tested a little bit and and responded. And there's no doubt that this team was tested early in the season, but um, since then they've just kind of been world beaters and, and dominating every aspect of it. So for them to get punched in the mouth a little bit and then respond and make that pick and then you know just from there 
um, you know, dominate the game and change it was, was really impressive. So I think overall this, this group is just firing on all cylinders and week in and week out. The way they're playing defensively and the way things are starting to, to really click offensively, you've got to feel good. Uh, about where this team is at and in the way they're playing. And, and this is really the time to do it. I mean, now all of a sudden they're in the driver's seat for the Big Ten West. If you can take care of business this week, you've got uh, Minnesota next week, and all of a sudden you could be in a situation where you're back in Indianapolis, which did not seem at all um, you know, possible after that one and three start and the way this team looks. So uh, really just a, an entire transformation. And, and kudos to those guys for, for not throwing in the towel and just you know seeing that this could be just a season that – uh you know, that, that didn't go their way from the start. They, they could have just packed it in, but they didn't. And now all of a sudden this team is, is really playing well and, and really uh, a lot of fun to watch on both sides of the football. Yeah. And, and I think one of the most encouraging signs for this defense is that you have a lot of young guys who are stepping up. Players mm-hmm. who are probably going to have be featured in bigger roles next year are making plays as well. You look at John Torchio, his role has grown these past few weeks. He's got two interceptions in the last four games. Um, you know, he was nicknamed the Jewel Thief because every time in fall camp he was making plays. Um, I, I know he had an interception in both the practices that I attended. Um, but you look at Hunter Wooler, another safety who's kind of emerged. He had a sack in this game. Um, I already talked a little bit about Jordan Turner and his interception. I mean, ball skills for an inside linebacker who can drop in coverage are really nice to have, and he's showing that, hey, if Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn are gone, which at this point I'm guessing they will be, I think Chanel is going to end up being a second or third-round draft pick based off of the way he's playing, um, just because there it's a weaker linebacking core class other than N'Kobe Dean um, and Lloyd. So I think that Leo Chanel is going to find himself being one of the top five linebackers um, coming out, um, and that's going to be hard to turn down, um, but maybe he comes back. But but then you have a guy like even Fayon Hicks now has said to Jeff Patrikas that he was thinking about coming back. But Dean Ingram really coming on here as of late and making some nice plays. So you you look in these games where Wisconsin's been able to blow the doors open and they can get some of the reserves in. Um, a guy like Jake Ratzloff who who showed out and made a nice play as well, um, taking on a bigger guy and and being able to make a tackle. So I think Wisconsin's defense won't skip a beat um, just based off of um, Jim Leonard and what he's able to do schematically. But, but man, it's, it's been fun to not only see this top group playing incredibly well, but then also seeing some of the younger guys getting involved. Isaiah Mullins continues to play well. Like That's a, another fun piece of this um, is that Wisconsin's continuing to grow depth um, behind their, their starters. And that'll only help you when you get to a game games later on in the year. Say you get to that Big Ten championship where we've seen Wisconsin go down with key injuries and you're a young guy's thrown in there out of nowhere. Um, it, it's really important. And I, I think this is a, a really nice kind of aspect to this defense as well as just the youth movement of guys being able to get some reps as well. Yeah, that's been fun to see. You know, these last couple of games, you've seen some reserves in there and, and likely guys that could take on bigger roles. I, I totally agree with you in the, in the Chanel aspect. All of a sudden you could be, and he's probably shot up a lot of boards and going to be a guy that could be, um, you know, off to the NFL. And, and all of a sudden you've got a role that you're going to need somebody to step into. But so far in the limited amount of time we've seen, I think they've got guys that can certainly do that. So that's exciting for not only the, the, you know, the present tense, but the future of this defense should be in good hands overall. I mean, it's gotten to the point with Jim Leonard and, and the way he recruits and the way he get, gets guys ready that 
each year this Wisconsin defense is going to be uh, pretty damn good, and each year they come out and, and kind of, um, I think, play better than the expectations that were there. So um, a lot of fun from this group, um, both for, for the present and uh, the future of uh, Wisconsin defense. Uh, anything else that stood out to you in this game? Otherwise, we can uh, wrap up and put a bow on what was a dominating uh, Northwestern game. A um, couple other things, just special teams. I mentioned the mm-hmm. fact that uh, that Wisconsin ended up punting from inside oh, their own 40, gosh, which was, <laughs> yeah, my Glad God, that, that, up. <laughs> <laughs> that made me, it made my skin curl a little bit, um, especially in a short yardage situation. But Andy Vujovic punted the hell out of the ball. Like he, mm-hmm. he had, he averaged uh, 55 on the day, had that 68 yard punt as well that went into the end zone. But this is this is a um, a special teams unit that's gotten a little bit better, cleaned some things up. Danny Davis back there returning punts. Um, I, th- I thought that was kind of something to to notice. He's now listed as the primary punt returner. I know that um, I've been clamoring for that all year long, uh, and I, I'm excited to see what he can do back there as a guy who. I just think he, he's been through a few more games where he has uh, a, a better read on things. So hopefully um, that cleans up some aspects of the punt return unit going forward as well. But, but really, I think we got to bring it back offensively, defensively. This team's playing at a much higher level and, and it's, it's fun to watch. Like this is the Badger team that when we saw in fall camp, we expected to see because it wasn't one of those things where the media was looking at it and be like overhyping this team. We saw how good this defense was, and we saw flashes of this offense as well, and now they're playing to that potential. And, it, and it's just – it's hard to see when you think of they don't they don't fumble the ball on their own ones. They, this team is at the very least 10-2, um, and two, possibly looking at at the end of the year, um, and it's a whole different story, I think, because um, they, they clean up some turnovers against a team like Notre Dame. There may be 11-1 at the end of the year. Like, there's a lot of shoulda, woulda, couldas here, but – but turnovers and special teams have really hurt this team. They've they've really kind of swung that momentum back the other way, and that's that's uh that's good coaching um in a lot of ways, and um you know good for Paul Christ and that coaching staff to to take the necessary steps and the players to make the play. Yeah, absolutely. They deserve a lot of credit. Like you mentioned earlier, we we kind of harped on Joe Rudolph once he settled on a group. It's been better. Um, you know, I think Jim Leonard, uh, you know, of course, up for the uh, Bryles Award for the the one of the top assistants. He's been great. Paul Chris has really responded. You can tell that he he really cares and loves about uh, loves this team and um and they're playing really good football moving forward. I'm glad you mentioned special teams as well. As you look through this Nebraska game uh, a little bit, Nebraska one of the worst, probably the worst team in the country in terms of special teams. So maybe Wisconsin can all of a sudden be at uh, an advantage in that side of the ball and make some plays there. But uh, we'll get into all things that and uh, the Nebraska Cornhuskers in the uh, second week uh, episode. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed um, listening to us talk some basketball and some football. We'll, of course, be back with you later in the week to preview that Nebraska game, as always, on Wisconsin. Thank you.